welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. This is your host, Matt, and I'm joined by my lifelong friend, Sandy Sergeant Williams. How are you, Sandy? Doing good, Matt. How are you? Hey, I'm all right. We we're just talking before we we're recording about how hot it is. Uh, uh, it's hot here in Belfast, Maine, and it's hot where you are in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon. And we both have apartments without air conditioning, so... <laughs> We're suffering together. We're suffering together, but managing to make it through and podcasting never stops, especially these movie reviews that I enjoy doing so much uh, with you. We haven't done one for a while, so um, it's uh, good to do this. Um, Yeah, yeah. It is. These retro films are interesting to look back at. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, And I'll let you kind of go first on this one. Uh, We're going to today we're going to review the 1987 kind of darkish teen comedy, uh, three o'clock high. And I do have a history with this movie a little bit, but uh, I'll let Sandy go first. Uh, what's your history with this movie? Had you seen it before? I had never seen it before. I did not watch this. Um, I was more into the, I don't know, the John Hughes films, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the Breakfast Club, the 16 Candles, those sort of things. Right, right. And it's interesting, and I'll talk more about that later. Uh, really, the 80s, there were so many movies that were about teenagers, high schoolers, if you will. And it seems like we were inundated with them really throughout the 90s, even. And there were so many forgettable, just shitty ones, especially in, when I think about, about the 90s, like Freddie Prince Jr. seemed to be in a bunch of them and oh yes <laughs> you know it's like uh you know american pie came out and i'm like and they started to compare it to like porkies and some of the movies that we saw when we were young and in the 80s and i'm like i don't know am i missing something here and i don't know where it stands now uh i'm sure they still come out i mean with streaming like there's probably a bunch of tv streaming type shows that have uh teen themes but i'm not aware of them uh, i don't know i don't know maybe i'm just old and i don't care <laughs> care about watching about modern day high school drama anymore <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping we've moved on past high school drama but you never know um, you never know it's you it's never hard to know. Say. yeah yeah i mean i it's like i knew i haven't I, kept up with Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, I knew you in high school. And, uh, you know, it's just like, I know there are times that I was a dweeb in high school and whatever else. My memories of you are fond, but I always like, oh, I'm still, I'm so glad Sandy talks to me now because I, I don't know if she liked me in high school. <laughs> liked you in high school? I liked a lot of people in high school. There, I think you probably like pretty much everyone. We were just so insecure yeah. that we just were worried about people liking us all the time. But yeah. I think that's human nature as you go along. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, some people I've met later on in adulthood who are friends of mine, I'm like, oh, geez, thank God I didn't know that person in high school. They probably... <laughs> It's hard to say because I mean some people who I didn't like and well I mean I like most uh, most people but there are some people I judge pretty harshly and it's hard to get past that when I see them now and it's because mm-hmm. of just the those ridiculous judgments I had of them back in the day I I know that it, that's what it is but yeah yes that's that's fair um, as you mature you get more perspective on the situation. You do. You do. No question. No question. Yeah. Uh, So I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Go through your notes on this movie. What did you think of it? Blah, blah, blah. That type of thing. Sure. Um, So I this was my first time watching it. Um, It took me a couple of attempts to get through the whole thing. Um, Looking back at it after watching it all the way through, um, I noticed some recurring themes. in the very opening scene, there's a pull away shot uh, from above as the lead character, uh, Jerry Mitchell, he's waking up for the day and you hear this clock ticking in the background. And oh. as, and his sister comes in and says, hey, that thing's been going off. You're supposed to open the student store at seven. And he, he wakes up, he's kind of like, oh, it's gonna be one of those days, which is also another recurring theme um, throughout the movie. 
um, the clock ticking in particular, it stuck through, it was like a transition and sort of driving it along uh, between each scene, kind of counting down to the deadline. Um, it was an interesting perspective uh, when they shot from the inside of the washer, when he's trying to find something clean to wear. Absolutely disgusting high school boys room, completely accurate from my recollections. Um, so the set dresser nailed that. Uh, and the, the shot of him pulling out the wet clothes that he would have to then microwave to wear to school um, since the parents were, were flitting off to Fort Lauderdale. Who leaves like a ninth grader and I don't know what grade this kid was in, but that seems like a bad idea. And that's in my notes, too. And I'll elaborate on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, so as he's getting ready for, for school, he's, uh, driving first off, he has a flat tire on his, his, I don't know what kind of car it was. It was a small red car, flat tire, had to take mom's station wagon, which looks oh, suspiciously like the same station wagon Ferris Bueller's dad drives. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So Ooh. that was a car of the moment for parents, a stereotypical parent car um mm -hmm. picks up his friend is it a girlfriend is it just a friend i don't know franny yeah franny was. yeah i'm gonna talk quite a bit about franny here yeah franny yep. was an interesting chick yeah yep. um i liked her style she was very put together uh a little a little trippy out there mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh I, I liked her overall 80s look like the fashion, like the hair, like the makeup, she was on point for the moment in time. Uh, the drive to school, the near accident with uh, Blondie and the convertible there. Right. And that mm -hmm. that uh, sort of set a tone that she, she continues to pop up throughout the movie. And this sort of, I'm almost a triangle. I think Franny digs him more than he digs her. And of course he's, he's digging on Karen. I think her name was in the convertible. Her name's Karen. That's right. Karen. That's Karen. Right. It's a Karen. Karen. It's a Karen. That, <laughs> it's a Karen. She was Karen before Karen's became like known as kind of that bitchy stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. as they're, they're doing the walk up to the school, you have all of the chatter, all of the rumor about the new kid that's coming to school today. Um, very good snapshot of 80s fashion there. Um, I really enjoyed that. I remember the hair. I remember the clothes. I remember like the United Colors of Benetton sweaters, the Esprit, all of the fashion. Um, Great up. Reebok shoes, the Nike t-shirts, those retro t-shirts. Those were, mm -hmm. you know, very well, you know, if you ran a vintage store now, those are the things you'd want to have. That's right. That is right. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of goes, here's where I struggle a bit. So there's, they're talking about this kid and his reputation. And of course, then they cut to him pulling up in this sort of, you don't even really see what kind of car it is. You just see a low shot with him getting out with his red wing logger boots on, which is like a really old, like heavy duty work boot, mm -hmm. dirty ripped jeans, dirty t-shirt, kind of greasy Michael Hutch Tense-esque styled hair. Ooh, nice he's, reference. He's walking up and he's all got the leather jacket that's really worn out. Um, it was just sort of like setting up that whole stereotype. And I, looking at it as a, as a fully formed adult, I have questions. I have so many questions that are never answered in this movie about that character. Uh, so the, the, the whole thing gets moving along as he's tasked with doing a, a welcome article about Buddy, this tough kid that's mm -hmm. joining. Um, and as you've heard some of the rumors going on and on and on about all the things he's done, all the people he's hurt, all the schools he's gotten thrown out of. Um, poor Jerry is tasked with interviewing him for a welcome article that does not go well when he approaches him, of course, in the boy's bathroom, 
at the urinals. <laughs> <laughs> Not great timing on that one. And he makes the the fatal mistake of touching a kid who does not like to be touched. And it's a downward spiral from there uh, to the countdown at three o'clock. There's lots of cutaways to, you know, they're in a, a class where they're talking about the battle of Troy with Hector and Achilles and people being, you know, dragged and blood spraying and all of these references to, to battles and blood and fights in the background. Um, he tries to, after the pep rally and the cheerleaders come out and beat a mannequin to death with baseball bats, who does that? Yeah. Who does, who does that? that? Who does that exactly? Who does that? <laughs> and so he's having a freak out moment and he tries to escape, runs out to the car and there's no joy. The car won't start. And he opens up the hood and it's, it's just a mishmash of wires and things in the wrong places. Uh, so he can't escape, which Buddy's made very clear. There's no escape. We're going to do this. Questions on that. And I don't know if you want me to 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 sidebar into my questions or just keep. keep oh no, it's like you can do whatever you want. Track. You can sidebar into. I'm sure. So, here's my sidebar. It's his first day at the school. Mm -hmm. He's never been there before. He had no idea he was going to meet this kid that was going to, you know, slap him on the shoulder in the bathroom. How does he know which car he's driving when he's not even driving his normal car and he's driving his mom's car to? Ooh to dismantle the engine and put the switchblade that they were trying to plant in the tough kid's locker in the steering wheel. That How is, does he know that? I, I, I sense point. a plot hole here. <laughs> that's a big plot hole. That's a good, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That, that, that just bugged me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the other thing that struck me um, is another parallel to um 16 Candles is like the AV kids that want to video everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, following Jerry around with their camera and, you know, saying pain is temporary, film is forever. Sort of like a film within a film within a film. Right. <laughs> yeah. Making a documentary of uh, how he's going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. Right. Now, now, I that's interesting because I really want to see that. You know, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> You know, you, you wouldn't be able to make that now, uh, like no. the movie of the documentary of uh, Jerry getting his ass kicked, because mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able you would have to use the same actor somehow. I mean, maybe they could right. use computer imagery or something. But now that you bring it up, I want to see that. Exactly. What <laughs> yeah. is that perspective like? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so that again, that that was something that it, it just made no sense to me the way that that sort of went down. Um, now, when it comes to his, so let me back up here. There's a scene in the hallway, typical high school kids, the rumors are flying about the fight and the accounting club has come up with all these bets and all these options for um, the fight and how it's going to pay out. So one of the the guys from, I guess he's in the accounting club. He's got the the red Che Guevara beret yep. on and a cigarette behind his ear. Yep. 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 Um, is like you got to make it past three minutes because I've got money on that. Just hang in there. You look like you can do it. Uh, <laughs> and there's also money on how many stitches it's going to take to fit to fix his face, etc. Um, I think this is the point when. It, they come up with the idea to hire a thug to take out Buddy before the fight. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a little bit of a, a backstory with this, this Craig Maddie, and they come up with a way to get out of class um, so they can pay this kid to fight. So they, they meet up, they make the deal. And there's a number thrown out, which is a 350% markup over what he'd been paid before. They're now in a cash jam. They need $450 quick. So uh, that devolves into a robbery of the school store he works at. 
That's right. And you do the inflation on that. I mean, four hundred and fifty dollars in nineteen eighty seven dollars. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit of money. Yeah, that'd probably be about three grand a day or some shit with inflation. The way it is. I know exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so they try to set that up, but uh, does not go down well. Leads to a library confrontation where Craig gets his finger snapped in half uh, by Buddy, and then there's a domino effect of the bookshelves in the library all crashing down. Mm-hmm. That that sidebars me to another film that had that same treatment. And I wanted to go back and see if any of the directors or producers were involved um, in The Mummy, where Rachel Weiss's character is working in the in the library and she knocks down all of the bookshelves and it follows pretty much the exact same path as the bookshelves in that I scene. See. That's it a just, movie. That's a movie I've never seen. So that's yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's when um, what was his name? The Brendan. Rock. No, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser was still marketable back then. Right. Have you seen him lately? It's like holy cow. I know, and Rachel Weiss just continues to get hotter. She's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's just like, and Brendan Fraser looks like somebody swallowed Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> oh, that was mean. That was mean. That was mean. That was mean. H is was not mean. kind to everyone. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But when it's not kind to male actors, it's kind of good to make fun of them because uh, so many male oh. actors are marketable until they're like 300 years oh, old, know. like Clean Eastwood. And then women, all of a sudden, uh, actresses, there's so many that should be marketable, but aren't because they can't live up to some sort of image. And it's sad and uh, really, really sad. So that's where my so anyway, I apologize to Brendan Fraser for making that comment. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a there's more of the, the clock ticking in the background as they go through the classes. He tries to get out of the fight. Um, his sister's like, remember those reruns of Gunsmoke we watched? Mm-hmm. They want to get out of a, a gunfight. You get thrown in jail. Uh, his attempt to get detention doesn't exactly work out. Um, the teacher is oddly intrigued by his aggressive book report. Uh, and then at the very end of it, there's a very... and looking at it now, very inappropriate kiss between Jerry and the teacher. Mm-hmm. Very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. That That's disturbing now, um, post-Pamela Smart era. <laughs> <laughs> or that teacher that married like her 12-year-old student, whatever her name was. Yeah, right. uh, yes, that was actually her when she got out of jail. <laughs> right? Well, I don't. Um, know. I think, I think Pamela Smart was the one that in New oh, Hampshire that convinced her. That's right. That's right. Convinced yeah. her student to kill her husband. Then there was Ex- another teacher that was having an affair with her twelve-year-old student, and then they had like no contact, and then later got married anyway and had a kid together. So exactly, yeah. exactly. creepy, creepy teachers, creepy female teachers, creepy female teachers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just it, the men these days. Equal not, equal rights yeah. for creepiness. <laughs> right. Still inappropriate. Um, Highly. Yeah. So as it as it devolves towards the end of the day, and they're in algebra two class, and there's a pop quiz. Uh, there's a whole scene where the teacher sort of talks down to Buddy, like, "This is probably too much for you, but let's just see where you're at." Uh, and then there's a scene where it. Jerry offers his test sheet, his pop quiz sheet up to Buddy to kind of look over at, and they get busted for cheating, Um, hauled off to the principal's or dean's office. And Jerry ultimately says, no, no, I was the one doing the cheating to to cover. And it turns out that Buddy actually knew all the answers anyway, because he was able to go up on the board and fill it out. So that's where I also have questions. He's actually kind of a smart kid. Mm-hmm. But there's no backstory there. There's no filling in. He's just kind of this robotic thug in the movie. And I think there there could have been more there. Yeah, I had and I'll just interject there. And I almost wondered, what's the purpose of this scene? OK, you're he's just proving to himself 
that he knows the content of the quiz. So why did he cheat off Jerry? And mm. there, it just seemed like an unneeded filler there uh, because there was just no explanation. Yeah. And then as they're walking out, Jerry's like, we don't have to fight. We don't need to do this. And then he pays him off to not fight. And basically, Buddy turns around and tells him, how does it feel to not even try? Yep. The which results in Jerry, as a teenage boy, going up to the roof of the school to do some deep thinking. Um, as there's, where was this shot? Sidebar on that. Because the background in the roof shot was amazing with the snow-capped mountains. Mm-hmm. It was uh, shot in Utah, Mormon okay. country. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. sense then. The backdrop and the shot while he's on the roof was was amazing scenery. I think it was the best scenery in the entire movie. Um, mm-hmm. So points for for getting that that widescreen marketing shot of Utah worked in there. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do you want to hop in with yours before we go all the way to the end of this? Um, yeah, sure. I'll hop in. Um, and I took uh, quite a few notes on this, but anyway, one thing I, I did, I always do some research on these movies after I watch them sometimes before, sometimes during, but one thing of note, there are really no notable actors in this movie like at all. Uh, Richard Tyson, who plays Buddy, was in Kindergarten Cop. He was also in quite possibly the worst movie I've seen in my entire life called uh, what, Two Moon Junction. Oh, my God. It is so bad. He I've plays never like, seen it. Oh, don't. Just. Okay. <laughs> don't. Um, what a, a very dear friend of mine said, oh, I've watched it a bazillion times with <laughs> my sisters. And mm-hmm. you have to watch it because we watched it, uh, ironically, just to make fun of how bad it was. So after I think it was after my COVID booster shot, I felt like crap uh, a few hours later. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this damn thing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really like obscenely bad. But uh, so, yeah, he was, and I don't know. And I remember him in kindergarten cop. Uh, this movie that we're mm-hmm. talking about now and uh, Two Moon Junction. But I don't know if he's been in much of anything else since, uh, really. Then no. the lead character, Jerry Mitchell, was played by Casey Sesmasco. Good pronunciation. Thank you. And he was he wasn't of in anything of note before or after this, it seems like all of these actors and actresses ended up on uh, law and order, an episode of law and order at some point. Yeah. Like... Um, the Jerry character, the Casey Sosmesco, um, mm-hmm. in my research, it shows that he was in stand by me as a, yes. Is one a... of the gang members, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So he was like uh, in a bunch of kind of these, the the smaller roles the but smaller he was, roles yeah yeah exactly. um he was in back to the future series as well again smaller roles small role right right um, and, then, and I, then nypd blue was his longest run oh he was in nypd blue okay okay yep. which i i watched the first couple seasons of that and then i uh, mm-hmm. gave up on it so okay okay oh well, that's good yeah. uh philip baker hall it played the juvenile cop in this and of course People would remember him from yeah. Seinfeld. He was the library cop in Seinfeld. He was also in that really, he played that creepy pedophile game show host in Magnolia. Uh, but he's someone that you would recognize. In fact, he died just this past year. Jeffrey Tambor plays the teacher supervisor of the store. And uh, he was in Arrested Development. And that show on uh, Amazon Prime where he played. Transparent. The- transparent right yeah and i guess he did something bad uh i believe I, I i know he's a hard actor to work with but i think he did something borderline yeah i heard the same which is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh yeah. so so he he did go down badly he was also in a couple of movies um the accountant mm-hmm. 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 um and meet joe black something about mary girl interrupted right. yeah so yes. he did have 
previous to his bad acts somewhat of a film career he did he did yeah and he's very recognizable in this Mm -hmm. but other than that i mean the rest of them you I mean, I don't recognize their names. If I've seen them in something, I have forgotten about it. But it doesn't mean that this movie was poorly cast either. What's interesting is Casey. How do you pronounce his last name again? I'm going with Seismasco. I like it. I like it. He was. I don't know if it's right. He was 25 when this was filmed. 25 years old. Okay filmed it's like wow so he looks very much like a 17 year old kid in here he has a baby face a big time uh richard tyson who played buddy uh he was 32 (laughs) he kind of looks 32 to be honest right but what's a little kind of creepy is um the girl that played franny uh Mm -hmm. what was that actress's name um i'm i don't have oh gosh uh Aylin, Alan, something uh, to that effect. Let me see. I'm gonna uh, I might have to find out later and put it in the notes. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I should I should have had it written down. But anyway, she was 17 uh, when the movie mm-hmm. uh, was filmed. So you have a 25 year old with a kind of quasi love interest and they do a little smooching. Uh, you know, 25, yeah. 17, eh, it's a little, uh, you know, but anyway, anyway, probably she had to have mom's sign a permission slip saying, you know, since you're under 18, uh, can you make, is it okay if your daughter kisses this guy that's eight years Think old? Think about it. It's the eighties. They probably the did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's, so anyway, that's a little bit of a background other than the guy who directed it, who I'm going to mispronounce his name, Phil. Jano, that's how mm-hmm. Jano. Uh, he shortly after this directed U2's yes. documentary uh, Rattle, Rattle and Hum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I actually enjoyed. Um, and <laughs> since since Rattle and Hum, he's done a bunch of forgettable movies and like uh, Budweiser commercials. Uh, which hey, it's worth. It pays it. the bills, man. It pays the bills. Yep, it pays yep. the bills. Yeah, not yeah. a not a fan of U2, so. I yeah. did see Rattle and Hum back in the day, but I've I've moved on from them. Yeah, well, it was uh, back when we formed our uh, crappy uh, high school Livewire. Livewire. We played a lot of songs off Rattle and Hum or tried to because it came out that year. And I think mm-hmm. Alan's girlfriend at the time, Charlene, really liked it. So we ended up playing quite a few songs off from it. And shout out to Char. <laughs> shout out to Char. Yeah. It's kind of you two is interesting because I did like them back then. And then mm-hmm. they put out Octung Baby. I actually did like that album. And if they would have stopped right then, if they would have stopped right then, that point, I would have forever liked you too. But now I really don't like you too. I really I I don't like them. I don't like uh, it, it, another sidebar. I went to uh, one of their concerts. Um, I think it was for Octum Baby uh, with Billy, um, actually. Oh, Billy. OK, cool. And uh, they had a whole bunch of like political commentary on the mm-hmm. screen running in the background on mm-hmm. a country they did not live in and did not participate in. And while I welcome their opinions, I was not there for that i was there to uh appreciate their music and that sort of put me off um any of their their stuff from that point forward um rattle and hum was the and uh maybe sunday bloody sunday were my high school music and then after college i think that was my sophomore year i was just done and moved on yeah yeah but it's like you know and bono will go around you know trying to convince the west to eliminate debt from third world countries and all this other stuff and preach about poverty and blah 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 and uh meanwhile they record and live in france to avoid paying taxes in ireland and so it's like it just screams of hypocrisy to me it's like you know yeah yeah do as i say not as i do yeah yeah pretty much yeah so back so that was quite the sidebar (laughs) that was quite the sidebar but you know that's what makes this show interesting yes if stout were here we'd keep on going with that for a while (laughs) yeah um yeah so 
Uh, you mentioned the absent parents, and I my note on that was another '80s movie with absent parents. These parents, as you as you also mentioned, are in Fort Lauderdale. There, it's it seems to be there are a lot of '80 '80s movies where parents were away and kids all of a sudden could do whatever the hell they wanted. Mm-hmm. One movie I'd like to go uh, do with you at some point is uh, just one of the guys. Same thing. It's like the parents are away. Let's do some weird, wacky stuff. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so, is it of the risky business elk? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. That's another movie. Where the hell are the parents? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, but this just one of the guys would be interesting because it is a high school girl who goes to another high school while the parents are away. You just enroll in another school, high high school, and you pose as a guy just to get into some sort of, uh, she wanted to join something, and I can't remember what at her regular high school. I think this was remade with Amanda Bynes called She's the Man. It could be. It could be. Yeah. But anyway, I want to go back. I did enjoy it back in the day and I watched it a couple mm-hmm. times uh, when I was a teenager. And I want to know how that one holds up, especially with all the issues uh, mm-hmm. now and the openness of uh, transgender people, because mm-hmm. this was an individual who wasn't transgender, but it does address some sexism that was going on at the time because she went to a different high school so she could join whatever club it was because uh as a guy because that's just the way it had to happen so I'll, we'll have to revisit that one but anyway the parents are put away it on the list yeah we'll put that on the list uh parents are away it's in uh the it that that just doesn't happen now you don't neglect your kids and just go away on a vacation uh it's at you know while your kids are still in high school you just don't do that type of thing and uh microwaving a shirt with a pop tart you know that is some ingenuity right there however i did wonder i mean is that a practical way of drying your clothes when you're in a rush i'm gonna go with no no, I, but it's I, a nice, I, it's a nice film idea and it, visual. It, it's a very nice idea, visual. It's kind of funny, but it did make me wonder what would happen if you actually did put a shirt in the microwave. But I'm going to let try. you test that theory. I'll, I'll test that out sometime. <laughs> Why the heck not, right? Okay. And you mentioned the stories about the new guy uh, and all the multiple conversations about the new guy coming. Some of the stories, you know, there's a you know, probably a smidge of truth to them all, but you know, they get exaggerated. I actually like the build up there and how the camera went around from conversation to conversation. I, I, I like that. That that worked for me. Yeah. And then I noticed 80s 80s girls, permed hair, uh, a lot of concealer. Uh, I noticed the Karen character had a lot of concealer on. And just the right amount of just kind of this snittery and all of us guys had huge crushes on these girls, uh, you know. So when I would have watched this back in high school, I would have been like, whoa, Karen. Wow. Uh, but yeah. And it, one thing about my Karen, one thing about Karen, she kind of looked like a soccer mom already. She kind of looked too much like a soccer mom. Well, she, she was 45 did. years old when this movie was filmed. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> she could have been. You never she know. Could've. I think I looked up that actress, too. She now sells uh, real estate in Florida. Um, but I, again, I don't have her name down. <laughs> uh, and then this kid, Vincent, shows up. You know, Vinny's your classic nerd. He's wearing a tie, a sweater vest, glasses, it, really skinny. And it's like, I look at him and I want to shove him into a locker. I, I mean, <gasps> I do. I, I wasn't, I'm not even a bully. I wasn't really a bully in high no. school, but I look at that kid and I'm like, he's just being invited to, he just, I just want to shove him into a locker. He needs a fashion intervention. That's all. That's he needs a he, need, he needs a glow up. He just okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why I <laughs> want to shove him in the locker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then you mentioned how okay, the school newspaper is going to do a story on the new kid at school, and uh, uh, Jerry's going to do this article. 
So Jerry goes to the bathroom, stands next to a urinal, and this is where the altercation happens, where Jerry touches Buddy. Okay, first of all, you're standing next to Buddy in a urinal. Uh, you know, you're standing side by side at the urinals. Yeah, not the time. You don't talk to a stranger while you're standing next to a urinal. You, 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 you don't do that. You don't do that. Though, I will sidebar here. I remember when uh, this is when I was playing in the band No Warning with Alan a bunch of years mm -hmm. ago. Uh, we were playing at Bowen's Tavern, uh, which is was called Boots and Britches back then. But anyway, we play. There's like 300 people there, and I'm not exaggerating. A ton of people, and we break. We go into the bath. I, I go into the bathroom, I should say, and I'm standing at a urinal, and a guy comes up, stands next to me, and he goes wow this band is really really good you know what do you think have you seen these guys before and i look at him just blank stared and i don't say anything and walk out it's like dude i just was up there for an hour playing <laughs> you didn't see me i actually am in this band <laughs> that, so anyway maybe he was more listening than watching maybe he was maybe that's what it was yep yep exactly but uh, but I, anyway. still don't, I, I still find it inappropriate if you're standing at urinals to make conversation. And I'm not a guy. I've never stood at a urinal. I would just think that is not the time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you one could thing play if with... you're in the ladies room and you've got privacy in the stall and you're chit chatting at the sinks. But men's rooms are a little less private yeah you exactly you don't do that yeah you know of course i could play around with the guy next to me and just look over at him and go it's such a wonderful day isn't it <laughs> <laughs> just to see what uh, happens. Bad, 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 bad. that's what i could do <laughs> i could do a whole podcast on just you know me acting weird and uh, uh next to guys at your site <laughs> Oh my gosh. But, but going back to my point, you just don't, you don't talk to the new guy while you're standing next to an urinal and you obviously, and you don't touch him on the shoulder either. Yeah. Yeah. And the eighties where you could still call somebody a f or someone a fag because I, yeah, I, I did not care for that part of the movie. It did not age well. That it seems like, Calling somebody a fag in these movies, and they're in all of these 80s movies, it doesn't really hold up well. It does not. Know. Not at all. I, I heard that and I cringed. Right. Yeah. It comes up a, a, a few times and a I few cringed. Times. What are you, some kind of fag? <laughs> it, it, oh, I mean, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. So you can't say that anymore. Even me saying it here, you know, out of context. Well, you know, I make I feel dirty all of a sudden. I feel like I have to go take a shower. Um, <laughs> OK, OK. The big question I have here. OK, why after Jerry touches Buddy, there's a little bit of physical altercation there. As, you know, he picks him up, throws him against the mirror. But why doesn't Buddy fight Jerry right then and there? Because later on in the movie, when Buddy gets touched, it's like in a knee-jerk reaction where he just decks the person. So why does he stretch it out with Jerry till three o'clock? So I think, and here's just my opinion on the matter. It was the way he was going to write an article so people would know about Buddy. And Buddy was very adamant on the point he doesn't like anybody knowing him or knowing anything about him. So if it was just the touch without that prior prelude lead up about the article and you know the information, and I think he says in there, it's just, it's just a stupid little piece and Buddy's reaction is, oh, you're gonna make me look stupid. Oh. So there was, a, there was a bit more than, than the touch at the end when, and when Jerry was like, oh, we could just forget it. And then he goes, boom, on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. I think it was the the lead up that he decided to make an example of him. I see. I see. And well, also there wouldn't there wouldn't be a movie if and they there didn't wouldn't make the be fight at three o'clock. Exactly. So yeah. And there wouldn't be a documentary that we'll never see. 
right either exactly so, yeah yeah so that's my it, take anyway that's your take and it's certainly a form of torture you, i'm gonna make this guy wait all day in agony and then after a few hours i'm gonna beat his ass in the parking lot you know yeah, it was a yeah. very effective form of torture jerry yeah. literally made himself sick over it that's right the 80s before cameras were in the hallways or in the school store. So think about what you would have you would have seen uh, Jerry rob the money and also destroy, vandalize the school store, you know, mm-hmm. case closed. OK, so the knife is found. Uh, Jerry has a concealed weapon and goes to the dean of discipline. OK, I, I don't think a dean of discipline existed at any high school in any decade okay dean of discipline i mean basically you have vice principals or dean of students but you don't have deans of discipline you know but anyway uh and maybe they do in larger schools or inner city schools in my experience in rural schools no it doesn't exist but i i can't speak to you know what was happening in in uh you know, New York City or L.A. at the time. I see. But this was Utah. Of course, <laughs> it's a nondescript high school. You assume it's like a, it's like in a suburban or urban. Right. Urban set, setting. So, yeah. Anyway, Agree. well, it's suburbia. It's, you know, white people suburbia. Speaking of that, I don't remember seeing any minorities in this movie of note. Ooh. That Excellent point. Of. Yeah. 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 Excellent it, point. Right. Right. So he's caught with a knife and he's given a warning like, OK, go on to class. It's like, OK. All right. Well, it is the 80s. If I mean, we probably had knives and we had rifles in our trucks or I not me. I didn't have a rifle in my truck. But I mean, a lot of guys did because they went hunting after school. So times have changed, I guess. But I think it depends on your region and Maine. You can probably still have a rifle in the back of your truck and you're still totally cool. Ditto for Texas and Kansas and anywhere that's that's a you know, hunting positive, gun positive area. Right, right. I don't know. I think at Mount View now, uh, if a kid came to school with a gun uh, in the back window, in the back window of his truck, uh, it would make it would be like, a no go. Uh, yeah, it'd be a no go and it'd make the local news and whatever. Else. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's not having kids. So I'm a bit removed from the school rules yeah, I, these I, days. I think I, I mean, this is it's I this has never been tested before to my knowledge so uh, it'd be interesting to, to see um if mm-hmm. uh, that did happen but yeah uh the 80s where you could walk around the hallway with a cigarette behind your ear uh though something tells me we probably would have got i mean we had a smoking area at our high yeah. school until 1988 but I think I believe you had to keep cigarettes concealed while you're walking around the hallway and in the classroom. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, but looking at it now at a movie, it seems unusual for a high school kid to have a cigarette behind his ear. Absolutely agree. Yeah. So Vinny, the kid that should be shoved in a locker, pulled a fire alarm. And it seems like uh, there were other 80s movies where the fire alarm was pulled and it was somehow no big deal. I mean, you can't, I mean, that's a big, big offense, you know? Oh yeah. It's like Vincent yeah. wouldn't be in school. He'd be taken away by the juvenile cop and all that. Other there would stuff. have been an assembly in the gym where we all got a lecture. Oh yeah. yeah. It would have exactly. been a thing. Exactly. Right. Right. And uh, so then we get into the, of course you mentioned uh, one thing about this, and I mean, I'm talking about this nonsense here. You mentioned how Buddy punches the thug and all the library uh, cases fall like dominoes. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's unrealistic because that just wouldn't happen. I mean, if it something like that did happen, Buddy would be sent home for the day and where, and again, you don't see the librarian or someone intervening in mm-hmm. this case either. But I mean, it's effective, but there is a level of, you know, you your mind has to accept that this there's 
very little reality uh, taking place in any of this. Correct. And uh, so you really have to accept that when you're watching this movie. Then you have the nerdy hot teacher. I love nerdy intellectual librarian type women. I find them very sexy. So in this case, that I was thinking that when I saw her. However, at a second look, she's dressed up like Little House on the Prairie, fundamentalist. Uh, yeah, I had Saint. dressed like a Puritan librarian. It, that's just it. Then I'm wondering how many sister wives does she have? Right. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But that scene in itself, obviously, un obviously, you know, a, a kid's not going to get away with one smoking a cigarette during a book report, then seducing his teacher and smooching with her. Uh, but yeah, it's a very powerful scene in this movie, uh, in a weird kind of way. So anyway, uh, Jerry has the $350 after the algebra two scene, he, uh, offers to pay off buddy and then this is really what gets to jerry buddy calls jerry the p word and when i say p word it ends yeah. with s s y and that's what's that's <laughs> you know it's like wow i don't really want to fight you you can obviously kick my ass You've kind of really ruined my day. I can't think straight. I robbed the school store, blah, 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 all that wonderful stuff. But, and I'll do anything I can to get out of it. But you call me the P word, fight on. And there was a little bit more to it because he did lead in with, you didn't even try. How does that feel? Oh, there you go. And That's then he true. called him the P word. Then so he, the, the P word was like, the cherry on top. I see. I see. So he built up this shit Sunday of like, yep. you didn't even try. And then just to add a little bit extra, you put the cherry on top. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, so then uh, I guess uh, going to the Franny character, she was, comp yeah, she was interesting. So it's like, She's obviously a close friend who's really into Jerry and mm -hmm. she tries to seduce him in the school store and then they kiss and then she walks out. It's just like it, which made me wonder. I mean, she has a whole scene already like he's going to he's going to uh, they're going to hump in the school <laughs> store, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden they don't after they kiss. But there was really no follow up after that. It's like. Mm -hmm. It's like, is he a bad kisser? Because later on in the movie, you think that she's still into him, but that kiss kind of changed their mind. But, uh, you know, and if he would have had, if he would have, well, I should say, if they both had sex in the school store during school hours, they would have hit legendary status. Yes. Yes. They, in high school terms, yes, they would have been legendary. They would have been, um, they would have been talk about them forever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, the one thing I'm going to say about Franny, if I can just sidebar a little bit further, she she strikes me as a bit of a an actual the way they wrote her. It was before empaths were a thing, but mm -hmm. the way she came up and she said, "I can feel something's not right inside you," like she was sensing his his stress, Ooh. and then she started talking about her spirit guide, which is a little out there, but. Mm -hmm. she she was sort of on that that empath spectrum if you were gotcha. um which wasn't really a thing in the 80s i hadn't heard of that in the 80s so she was so kind of a woman before her time she totally was yeah so she picked up on some really bad energy and understood that it wasn't the time yeah yeah mm -hmm. like i would like to think that uh, my first time having sex wouldn't be like on top of a hard surface with uh with a uh, beach towel with your school logo on it with your school logo on it and right. kind of creepy candles all around <laughs> and creepy candles all around yeah it's like it almost looks like it, uh, there's going to be a sacrifice going on or something <laughs> like oh god now that would have taken it in a new direction <laughs> now that would have taken it in a new direction okay uh 
so we're pretty much caught up with our notes uh, together. Now we can mm-hmm. talk about the fight scene. Okay. So the fight happens out in the parking lot. You know, everyone in the school is viewing this. You have people in the parking lot. You have people hanging out of windows of the school and all stories. And, you know, then, of course, the principal jumps in. Nope, there's not going to be a fight today, blah, blah, blah. And he touches Buddy and he gets decked uh, by Buddy unconscious. I'm like, holy cow. And seems like Buddy's caused enough mischief in this day already that I'm thinking to myself, why is Buddy even still in school? Why hasn't he been sent home yet? Yeah, I have so many questions about that character. So, <laughs> Well, it's interesting because the critics... Um, this this movie received mixed reviews back in the day and the critics the harsh critics uh, say what you say that the character of buddy is not very developed my argument is i don't think he really has to be because i believe the backstories that or the, the stories that the students are telling before he even appears are kind of enough he's a mystery guys you know some of the stories are probably exaggerated with with a grain of truth with yeah yeah so it's Mm -hmm. like it's almost like yeah okay um i'll follow up again i'm not i'm not watching it as a teenager for the first time so yeah being where i am in my life when i saw the character get out of the car and he's wearing dirty clothes ripped clothes old work boots that should belong to somebody who's doing like heavy labor in, in the woods or something like mm-hmm. what happened to this kid? That's right. where my head went. What made him like this? Yeah. But again, exactly. if I was watching it as a 14, 15 year old kid, none of that would occur to me. So my perspective on it's different because I'm seeing it for the very, very first time mm-hmm. where I am now. I guess so when I saw it, it was right when it came out on video 1988, we would have been juniors in high school. <laughs> and at that time, I liked it mainly because the character the of underdog Jer- kind of wins. The underdog kind of wins. Jerry's kind of this nerdy kid who's n- not really popular, but he doesn't seem to get bullied really other than this buddy situation, of course, but it's he, his character is likable right from the beginning. Yeah. His character, he's, a, he's a get along guy. He's a get along guy. And I could really mm-hmm. relate to that. Okay. And I, I would see that. I would have have loved to have been the type of guy that would have beat up the school bully in the parking lot at the end of the day, if, if challenged in a similar way as you mentioned, being the underdog coming out on top, as we mm-hmm. all kind of, we all want to relate to that feeling. We, we like mm-hmm. that feeling. I, uh, then 1996, I was living on Monhegan and I was out there for six months already. And I hadn't really watched any TV at all. The TV reception was out there was bad. The only thing we watched were videotapes that we just passed back and forth. And then I was able to house it for a little bit at the end of the tourist season uh, for the owners of the place that I worked at. And they had a satellite. Nice. And this movie showed up on one of the stations. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? I'll watch it again. And I enjoyed it then uh, as well. And, uh, and I, so 1996, I'm like, okay, I wonder how this movie has aged since the 80s. And then as we started to do our does it stand the test of time reviews i'm like you know what damn it i'm gonna go back to that i'm gonna go back to that so i watched it again and um i'll uh finish my thoughts on that when i rate this movie but the fight scene itself one thing i loved was when jerry called buddy a peckerhead i'm like wow because i thought Calling somebody a peckerhead was a main thing, much like we call people ganks. <laughs> it's like, you know, the only thing messed, the only, the only place he messed up was he pronounced the R in peckerhead. It's not peckerhead, yeah. it's peckerhead. It's peckerhead. <laughs> but I'm like, damn. All right. If I didn't like this movie, I would like it for that reason alone, right there. Uh, but so anyway, uh, 
Jerry, spoiler alert, Jerry, Jerry, big surprise. Jerry wins the fight. Uh, he somehow gets a hold of Buddy's brass knuckles and punches him with it. And then so the next day, both boys after this fight, after Buddy has knocked out the security person, the principal, maybe somebody else I don't even know, after he shoved a girl and waltzes whatever, back in. Exactly. Yeah, he just waltzes back in. Uh, Jerry's there too. What the hell? Selling sheets of paper so he can get this $350 back. Then Buddy walks in drops the $350 in front of him without saying a word. You just see kind of a little smirk on his face, like right on Jerry. I like that. I like that because that was, that actually, that, that worked for me. That worked. Yeah. That, that was his version of the mic drop. <laughs> exactly. So then all of a, then all of a sudden Jerry is okay. He kisses Franny after the fight. Then Karen comes up to him the next day. Uh, and Karen wants to carry Karen's all of a sudden really into him. Then mm -hmm. the hot teacher comes by and they smooch again. So did you I'm notice thinking, her change in apparel? I did. She actually that she doesn't off look the like, shoulder black oh, sweater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the fitted trousers. Nice yep. upgrade. Yeah. The Laura Ingalls teacher good. look. The Laura Ingalls teacher look gone. And now she's real, real mm -hmm. hot. Hot teacher. Yeah. So they smooch and, and I did feel super bad. creepy. Super creepy, right. And then I think his his last line, Jerry's last line is something like, Wow, this is gonna be some day, you know. Uh, this is gonna be one of those days. It's gonna be one was, of those right. Because yep. he said that uh the previous day, exactly. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so it's interesting. So and then it ends with a bunch of side comments about how great Jerry is, all these side conversations. And all students. the rumors are coming it, up about Jerry now. Exactly. So Jerry's hit legendary status, much like uh, Buddy. Uh, but anyway, um, so your final thoughts on this movie. You're not going to like my final thoughts. Um, I will love your final thoughts. I always love your final thoughts. I feel like the stereotype of the, the buddy character um, left me with more questions than answers. And I realized if I was watching it as a teenager, I probably wouldn't care. But yeah. I, I want to know what happened to this character that got him to this place. Um, and that was never really addressed or resolved. Um, he made a few comments about not trying and what does that feel like? So I think there, there could have been more there. There could have been something more there that could have been explored. But again, it was a teenage movie and teenagers don't care, really. Um, they're in it for the entertainment value. The, the trope of the, the, the notes and all of that, that does not stand the test of time. These kids now would just be texting each other and bullying each other, cyberbullying. Sure. So I don't even know if there ever would be an actual um, fight. There might be an ambush, but uh, I, I don't see. And again, I don't have children, so I don't know what the environment is like currently at schools. But I have a feeling there's, there's less uh, note writing and in-person threats versus the the stealthy cyberbullying, catfishing nature of how things work with technology now. Yeah, you'd be correct. You'd be correct. Yeah, it's um, like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just it's very different. And mm -hmm. on that aspect, it doesn't really work. Um, the the derogatory terms, um, I I was I'm not okay with. Um, you know everybody asking if Jerry's a fag. I dislike that word, cannot stand it. And for me, that definitely does not stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's fair enough. I mean, it's to the point now that like uh, with uh, newer releases or newer versions, edits of Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the original movie, there's a scene where Sean Penn and his buddies are sitting in one of the restaurants, one of the fast, the fast food place that Judge Reinhold works at. Mm -hmm. And some nerdy kids walk by and the Sean Penn character goes, totally. a bunch of facts. And um, that's been edited out of uh, newer and rightfully so. 
Right. Rightfully so. so. Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. I think what I liked about it, it's a nice uh, time capsule. It mm-hmm. has a, a good uh, capture of what things were like, um, what high school was like. There were, you know, a lot of things I did not like about high school and they were mostly represented in this movie. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one through 10. Four. Four. Ooh, so a little harsh. A little harsh. It took, it took me it took me three attempts to get all the way through the movie. Wow. Wow. So you really there so were this... there were things that, that stuck that I just did not like. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a break and walk away. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh to me, it's one of my favorite uh comedies of the 80s actually and the reason why it holds up for me the main reason is that i can relate to the jerry mitchell character um and i guess as much as i hate to admit it because i try to take it out of these movies when we watch them is the nostalgic aspect of it Mm -hmm. i think about myself back in high school which is different from uh kids now who are in high school. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Miles, my son, as you know, graduated from Mount View a couple of weeks ago. And we went to lunch immediately afterwards. And it's just like, you know, the feeling of like, wow, where is the time gone? And I just remember my graduation mm-hmm. day so vividly. And it was such a pivotal, yeah. mom- pivotal moment in my life. And the thing and it's just different. It was, he had a different experience than we did. Um, and I don't know, and I was trying to pinpoint it and I don't know what it is. It's like, not everything about what I experienced in high school was positive. Uh, not at all, but I do remember my graduation day being like, wow, this is really going to be the last time all of us are going to be together. And a good portion of these people, a hundred some of of us uh i've known since kindergarten uh right. i mean you i knew since mm-hmm. like fifth grade so mm-hmm. it's like i mean i understood the significance of all that and um so with movies like this it just takes me back to that time of when i first watched it what i felt like as an individual in high school and what I kind of aspired to want to happen. (laughs) Uh, So I get, so it is, it is largely nostalgic for me and thinking about some of the movies and so many forgettable comedies that uh, came out at that time. I mean, John Cryer was in one where he played a detective and he went back in posing as a high school person. I can't remember oh. what the name of that movie was. It had that movie by Pretty Poison, uh, that song by Pretty Poison in it. Catch me, I'm falling. Do, 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 do. Catch me down for one hand. You know. It's oh, weird Lord. To... Now that's going to be my earworm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I can't even remember the title of it, but it's like I remember two things about it. John Cryer was in it and he played. He was like the only good actor in pretty in pink and he later went on and was in two and a half men of course but mm-hmm. um, this i think they were trying to make a movie star out of him with this movie and it didn't stick and then some of the john hughes movies where the breakfast club i get annoyed with now when i watch it it's like uh it's like maybe i liked it back in the day i i like judd nelson in it but I, I don't know. I mean, it's I guess when I get when it comes down to it, I get into these movies that came out in the 80s that were not John Hughes movies that I thought were maybe better. Um, yeah. But uh, though 16 Candles, yeah, 16 Candles, I still do like I, I will say that I but, like 16 Candles, but there's things in that that now give me pause as well. Oh, yeah. But I mean. <laughs> and maybe, we should and, do one of those at some point yeah maybe we should do that one because there are many 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 things in that movie which would just shock us if we saw it in a movie now yeah back in the day i just thought those things were funny in uh, right 
in right. retrospect, I'm a little horrified that I thought those things were funny. <laughs> well, and the sad part about it is uh, some of them I still think are funny. And I have to really come to terms with why I still think they're funny. So, yeah, we're definitely doing 16 Candles because <laughs> you're going to have to help me come to terms with uh, uh, those juvenile things in that movie that I think are funny. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess uh, just for the nostalgic factor alone, um, I'm going to give this movie like a seven and a half even. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was well casted. Uh, I thought the storyline was kind of different than what what was put out during that time. It was a little predictable. Um, you know that Jerry's going to win the fight at the end. Of course. You know that. You know that. But I mean, I thought Buddy, may, uh, even though this, his backstory was kind of thin, I thought he did a very good job as the bully. And um Franny, I really like the character of Franny. I I will say yeah. that, yeah. And maybe it's because uh, that would have been the uh, even to this day. I r really would love to uh, have my girlfriend be somebody like Franny, yeah, somebody yeah. that's a little out there, you know, attractive, but probably doesn't realize how attractive she actually is. Obviously, very smart, and yeah, yeah, yeah. She and was really, a down girl. I liked her. Right. And obviously very into Jerry, too. You want somebody that's very into you as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. She was into him before he was the hero. It, so. Right. Right. Liked him for who the hell he was. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't have wound up with her because he would have like gone through a really bad two month relationship with Karen. And then the hot teacher would have been fired. Uh, and he never, <laughs> as she should have been. And she should have been. And then. <laughs> So then he would have tried to go back to Franny and Franny would be like, nope, she's I don't too smart so. for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. You had your chance, pal. See ya. See ya. Yeah. See, that would have been the sequel. You know? Absolutely. There could have yeah. been more. Exactly. We could have seen the 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 <laughs> character arc of Buddy. <laughs> he made it. Uh, well, he could have been a, a pre Goodwill hunting Goodwill hunting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I like the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, thank you so much, because I, I know when I suggest these, you're always going to say yes. You're going to watch them like multiple times, no matter how bad they are. And you're going to take really good notes and have a perspective that is probably going to be different than mine. And you're going to see things that I don't see. And I truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. I always enjoy this. Good, good. Anyway, uh, so I'm your host, Matt, uh, Sergeant William Sandy. Uh, we'll say goodbye to you. And until next time, love you all. Take care, Sandy. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. See you now. See ya.